Stampede. Garner is at number 88, recorded 3-7-2021. It was a lucky April shower It was the most convenient door I found a million dollar baby In a five and ten cent store The rain continued for an hour I hung around for three or four Around a million dollar baby In a five and ten cent store She was selling china And when she made those eyes I kept buying china until the crowd got wise Incidentally If you should run into a shower Just step inside my cottage door And meet the million dollar baby From the five and ten cent store If you should run into a shower Just step inside my cottage door And meet the million dollar baby From the five and ten cent store I found a million dollar baby in a five and ten cent store. The top one percenters who have power in this country understand the risks if COVID-19 can't be stopped quickly. They face the prospect with the public willing to change things and not to their liking. Call it what you will. If things don't get a lot better faster with COVID-19, then things could cut like a hot knife through butter. All that wealth, all that power, all that privilege that exists with the one percenters may be taken away from them. And believe me, the people at the top enjoy their positions, and they're not about to roll over and play dead. No, the one percenters in this country aren't like possums that lie down and play dead. They belong to a class of people that will use everything in their toolbox 
to hold on to what they've got. Someone recently characterized the one percenters as eating their own young, but that's going too far. However, I'm pretty sure they can smell blood in the water from far away. If COVID can't be defeated, it's possible a feeding frenzy is just around the corner. And if COVID-19 keeps doing what it does, the predators who are at the top might turn out being hunted as prey. And it could be very messy. The people who eat at restaurants like the French Laundry might find someone knocking at their door and they won't just be delivering pizza. No, if COVID-19 continues to do a number on America's society, the only law and order you might expect to find will be reruns on TV. It's an exaggeration to say gun ownership is going to be prohibited because gun sales have been flying off the shelves. My mother, who lived through the Great Depression of the 30s, used to tell me the only secure businesses back then were funeral homes. And I can't help noticing an advertisement today for a life insurance company, which says, buy life insurance so when you die, your funeral costs will be paid for. That's not life insurance. It's death insurance.
in this country, law and order isn't anything to trivialize. Legislators are often telling us we're a country of laws. It's true, certain rules to regulate human behavior can overstep. While once traveling to the Far East and stopping in the wealthy city-state of Singapore, I was informed it was against the law to chew gum. Now, I'm not one to intentionally break a law, and I've always believed when visiting foreign countries, one should always attempt to abide by the way other people live. In America, there's a very heavy presence connected with enforcing the law. And certainly, we aren't shy about locking people up. In 2008, statistics showed the United States had 24.7% of the world's 9.8 million prisoners. Or put another way, as of 2016, 2.3 million people were incarcerated here. Or more specifically... 698 people per 100,000 were locked up. We put away more people per capita than any other nation in the world. And it's no joke when people say we're number one. We're the champions of the world. But I can't help wondering what the statistics would be if we didn't have legislators, both Democratic or Republican, writing all those laws. After a law is placed on the books, someone is supposed to find all those people who are breaking that law. And maybe it's an exaggeration, but if all the law enforcement agencies, and there are many, apprehended all the people who violated the law's on the books in this country. Everybody would be in prison. And maybe that's the secret conspiracy that exists for all of us. We really aren't a free nation. We're a nation of laws intent on locking up everybody. It's no lie to say we even have schools with police officers assuring that no student break the law. And Maybe rightfully so, because some kids are happy with the thought of killing their fellow classmates. Yeah, things have changed, because we're a country of laws.
Of course, the guiding principle of a democracy is respect for the law. Now, if you don't show respect for duly elected legislators passing laws, you've got a problem. And what could be more emblematic of that when you have about 30,000 people rushing the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? In our society, the one percenters who want to continue holding their privileged positions don't feel comfortable with the authority of our traditions, like the symbol of the U.S. Capitol being breached by an angry crowd. No, unruly and hostile citizens have to be taught a lesson. And since punishment is the most common form of correction in this country, very serious action will be taken against those people who participated in the insurrection on January 6th. Of course, those people were upset with what they considered was a fraudulent election on November 3rd. When you have a record number of people who voted for a candidate, I think it was like 75 million people, and a large number of them believe that the election of November 3rd was fraudulently conducted, you'd think there would be a serious investigation. But there can never be a questioning of the integrity of a federal election, no matter how corrupted it may have been. No, this country is based on many illusions, symbols, used to prove how strong we are, and it can never be shown that one of its major principles for its existence was based on an illegal conclusion. And if that can be questioned, well, things like the basis of our economy can be questioned, that we have been a debtor country for 50 years, that the paper money we use is worthless, that the evaluation of stocks on Wall Street are manipulated, that the barriers placed around the U.S. Capitol are only temporary. No, the saboteurs have arrived, and they want to destroy our false illusions.
The consumerist economy promotes propagandists who tell you everything is going to be all right, that the lies they tell are meant to keep the people at the top staying at the top. They're the one percenters, and they don't like the thought they could be replaced, especially if the people wise up. No, they want 99% of the population remaining stupid. And what better way than to let AI do the thinking? You aren't getting smarter with AI. You're just a migraine headache away from believing you can remember how to count the toes on your feet. Sure, you think you can control AI from taking over your thinking. But let's face it, you haven't had a light go on in that dark brain of yours for years. What's the sense of trying to think anyway? You like being stupid. It makes life easy that way. Sure, you can remember about memory lane going down at the food trough. Let's see, will it be McDonald's, Subway, Wendy's, or Burger King? Or how about pizza tonight? It could be Domino's, Little Caesars, or Pizza Hut. But forget about sitting down at a nice restaurant with tables and chairs placed with plates to eat from, and silverware, where someone comes to take your order from a menu with a variety of choices to pick from. Well, forget about that, because since Mr. COVID came to town, estimates vary, but it looks like 110,000 restaurants have closed down. And our future will be eating food wrapped in wax paper from a bag in a car delivered at a drive through window. Yeah, things are going to get back to normal all right. And the propagandists are going to keep telling you things will be good. But what was that Mark Twain quote I recently heard? There are three kinds of lies in this world. The simple lie, the bad lie, and statistics. Yeah, AI can twist statistics, making it sound good that hamburger, french fries, and macaroni and cheese will keep you happy indefinitely while the one percenters eat gourmet.
I'm not a revolutionary. I'm an artist trying to tell you what's coming. And I'm not shy about saying that. Things are always changing. And it's not a stretch of the imagination to say COVID-19 has been doing real damage in this country and around the world. In the last century, there were a number of political events that changed the way people lived, starting with the Russian Revolution in March of 1917 and ending in November, nine months later, with the killing of the Russian monarchy. Of course, revolutions are violent and messy, putting in place political practices and economic policies that take time to work. Eventually, the Soviet Union had to come to an end. Its practices didn't succeed, ending in 1991. It was a failure of a process. Internal disintegration within the SSR started with unrest among its various republics against its centrally controlled government. Oftentimes, when things change politically, it takes a charismatic individual to trigger change. Take, for example, Dr. Sun Yat-sen, who is considered the father of the Republic of China, who died in 1925, and whose body is preserved atop a mountain in Nanjing, China. As a personal note, I actually walked the stairs leading up to what is called the Purple Mountain to view Dr. Sun Yat-sen's preserved body encased in a glass coffin for public display. It was a physically challenging experience for me, but one which thousands of Chinese do gladly each year. Sun Yat-sen was instrumental in ending 1,000 years of dynasties. But China's revolution was long-lasting and bloody, ending in 1949 with the Communist Party led by Mao Zedong. Its practices have been amended, evolving into a market economy. Another world-changing event in the 20th century was India, ending British rule in 1947, led by a charismatic man, the father of nonviolence, Mahatma Gandhi. It resulted in the division of India into three separate countries, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and India, a division based on religious identity and Gandhi's assassination in 1949. Revolution comes from a failure of contentment, and to say the American people are content is difficult. It's worrisome, but change is coming, and it will be difficult and violent. If you should run into a shower just step inside my cottage door And meet the million dollar baby From the five and ten cent store
I found a million dollar baby in a five and ten cent store. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Nat King Cole's recording, I Found the Million Dollar Baby at the Five and Ten Cent Store, a Harry Warren composition recorded in 1958. You then heard four recordings for the 1967 movie In Cold Blood by Quincy Jones. In Cold Blood, No Witnesses, I'll Have to Kill You, and Seduction. Finally, a repeat of I Found a Million Dollar Baby. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.